Hi there, this is Watchin, and you are now listening to the I Choose the Ladder podcast, a podcast for Black women on the corporate climb. This episode is brought to you by The Review Planner. For many of us, performance review season is about to begin. For many of us, it's also a challenge to remember all of the things that we've done during the year. So what happens is our performance reviews become a one-way conversation where our managers are telling us what they think we did during the year And without proof of our performance, it becomes incredibly hard for us to advocate for that raise, promotion, or new position that we know we deserve. So I created the review planner because I always wanted a tool like this, a systematic way to track all of our career accomplishments that are specifically tied to the feedback and growth areas that our managers are measuring our success by. The review planner helps you create a schedule for your career growth and it makes it easy to focus on the goals that you have throughout the year. With email templates, monthly checklists, built-in accountability and reminders, the planner keeps you on track to accomplish your goals and ensures you are spending your time on the things that actually move your career forward. I designed the review planner to help you focus on your career and prepare for your annual review so you can confidently speak up for yourself and earn what you deserve. To learn more about the Review Planner, head to thereviewplanner.com. Again, that's thereviewplanner.com and pre-order yours today. Hi, y'all. I know it's been a minute since I have done a solo dolo podcast episode, so hopefully y'all missed me and you are happy to hear that this episode is going to be just me. Um, We have a ton of stuff that's going on at I Choose a Ladder. The Climb Summit just happened in September and it was phenomenal exceeded all of our expectations. Shout out to everybody who came. Thank you guys for sending us all the updates that have been happening with your careers since the summit, all of the networking that's happened. Um, really proud of the what my team was able to pull off um, in some really unprecedented, isn't that the word, for 2020? These unprecedented times, it was phenomenal. And now trying to figure out what the mix between virtual and in-person summits is going to be. Um, but phenomenal, phenomenal. If you have been following us on social, you know that we also launched the review planner. If you have not gotten one, please get one. It's going to make such a difference in how you approach goal setting for the year, how you do strategic planning for your career. So thereviewplanner.com, make sure you check that out. And then make sure you are subscribed to the newsletter because we will be having some announcements happening in the next three to six weeks that the newsletter will get first and they are exciting things that we've been working on. Um, So make sure you're locked in and uh, I can't wait for you all to see all of the the black girl magic we've been working on. But that's not why I'm here today. Today we're gonna talk about, um, I'm gonna answer some questions that I get asked the most frequently. I'm gonna try to do this, maybe I'll do like 10 to 15 questions, try to keep it at like 20 minutes or so. Um, But Hopefully this will help you get to know me a little bit better. Um, I know y'all complain all the time that I don't do one-on-one coaching. Um, And so this is like my hybrid uh, solution to that. So a bunch of questions that I get asked all the time um, about myself, but also, and then also about career stuff. So I'm going to just read the question, then answer them. And we'll see how I feel after about 20 or so minutes. So Let's get right to it. Also, these questions are not in any like logical order. I'm just going to answer them as I've like pulled them from our master document. So 
Uh, first question is what challenges did you overcome along your journey? So I think I've talked pretty openly about this one where immigration was a challenge just because um, my family came to the United States on visas. Long story short, everybody else in my family got converted to permanent residency. I was on a visa until I think July of last year. And so I think one, thinking about what the possibilities of my career could be, not necessarily having a lot of security around um, how long I would be able to stay legally in the country. Fortunately, I was never here illegally and I didn't have to deal with that kind of stress, but like making decisions when you feel like your life is not stable or your um, like the ground that you're building on, the foundation that you're building on isn't stable, it was a challenge. And then I think we talked about um, a little bit about like B-School and how that kind of shook my confidence a little bit when I didn't get into the programs that I you know, wanted to, I had planned around it. And so figuring out what my career could look like in terms of how far I could go or how um, the level of of accomplishment that I thought I would be able to have without having an MBA, I think that was a challenge that I've had to, that I had to wrap my mind around. Obviously everybody knows I'm in B school now and it's making a difference in terms of the way that I think about business and career. But I would say those are the two things. Immigration definitely was like the first thing that, was a, a really hard thing to work through as I tried to plan my career. Um, and then B-School, I think, is the thing that comes to mind the most. Um, next question, what fears did you have to push past in your career? Um, I think for me, it was a fear of sales. I don't like sales. I don't like my initial attitude about sales is like you're trying to convince somebody to do something. And I think what I've learned is that if you're a good salesperson, you're not just trying to convince people to purchase something from you. You're doing um, your due diligence and figuring out what needs people actually have. And then if you have a solution or a product that can help them fill that need, then it becomes less about pushing a product and more about a, a conversation where you are providing a resource that fills a need for someone. I think that's how we came to um, having the review planner as the first product that we launched was because there has been so much conversation and there was a clearly stated need in uh, to have a tool that helped people better prepare for their performance reviews. And so I think a fear of rejection when it came to sales, a fear of being bad at sales. And I'm naturally like, if I believe in something, um, I will tell the whole world about it. So I don't know why I couldn't make that connection, but sales and the nose of sales was definitely something that I um, had to push past. And now like I lead the sales team at my, um, at the, WNBA team that I work for here in Chicago. And if you would have told me, you know, five, 10 years ago that that's what I would be doing, I would have said, yeah, now nah, you're crazy. Um, what career mistake taught you the greatest lesson? So I think I talked about um, when I worked at Yahoo and I made a mistake that could have cost my department and the company quite a lot of money. And I think the, the lesson that I learned there was not to get too comfortable. I think a lot of times when we get comfortable um, in our ability to do a job is when we make mistakes. We get a little bit careless. We are not as um, detail-oriented. We are kind of just like moving through things on autopilot. And I think the lesson that I learned was that, one, if I'm starting to get comfortable, I'm probably going to make mistakes. And so I need to either find a new challenge within that role or start looking for my next opportunity. And um, I think that's been a lesson um, 
that I've taken both in my entrepreneurial endeavors and to other jobs was that, you know, comfort is what kills careers. I would say comfort and ambiguity is what cures progression and, um, progression and, uh, and careers. And so I try to like not ever let myself get too comfortable. Um, what soft skills added value to your career? I would say my ability to, um, quickly connect with people. Like I think, I don't have a lot of tangible talents, at least I don't think that I do, but what I do have is an ability to pretty quickly connect with anybody that I meet. And I think being able to relate and being curious about people and having a general curiosity about life, I think is something that has allowed me to um, formulate relationships that have led to opportunities. And I would say it's definitely my superpower. Um, looking back, is there anything that you would have done different professionally? Um, you know, I don't know. I feel like, um, I'm really happy with how my career turned out. I think for looking back things that I would have done differently, I probably would have been more intentional about getting, um, my mental health under control and dealing with my depression issues earlier, because I think, having that dark cloud over my my career journeys and the different positions that I had robbed me a little bit of the joy of actually being in those positions. And like when I think back to my time in LA and granted, I'm still not like, I don't know that I would have stayed in LA longer, but I think I didn't realize then how heavy in depression I was. And so a lot of the, the moments that I could have been enjoying going to the beach, meeting new people and all that stuff, like I was taking naps because I was so mentally not in a good space. And so if there's anything that I think I would have done differently is actually taken my mental health more seriously um, at the beginning of my career. So then I could have enjoyed the moments a little bit more without kind of having a dark cloud over everything that I was doing. Um, what habits have you nurtured that has benefited your career? So I feel like excellence is a habit and I try to make sure that everything that I, um, put my name behind everything that I'm pushing forward that I'm associated with has a certain caliber of, um, is delivered in a certain caliber. And that has been a brand that I've established for myself that people have come to expect. So like, I don't have ass anything, right? If I can't do it right. I'm not going to do it. If you were part of the summit, you know that every detail of the summit from the summit boxes to the experience that we worked to curate was done at a pretty high standard for it being just the second year of our career summit. And I think for me, being sure that the work that I put out into the world is something that I can stand behind and it's the best that I can do based on the resources and the knowledge that I have right now is something that I think has... Um, benefited my career because I get opportunities. And when I get the opportunities, they are, um, they are, you know, they can be career changing because people trust me to deliver um, based on the history that I've established for myself. Um, if there's one thing that you um, want to remember along your career journey, what would it be? So I'm assuming this is like things that I want to remind myself all the time. And it, I think part of that is that there is joy in the journey, right? Finding and not being so focused on where I'm trying to go that I miss all of the amazing, beautiful things that happen along the way, right? I think this year, as we were planning the summit, it's something that the host committee talked about all the time. Like we want, we know that it's important. We know that people are spending their hard-earned money to be a part of it. 
But for us who are part of the planning team, we also want to make sure that we're having fun doing it. We don't want to create an environment where we're so stressed out trying to put something together for people that we don't have any joy in it and it just becomes kind of miserable. And so I think for me that that is something that I want to remind myself all the time. It's like find joy in the work, find joy in the journey and know that the end result will take care of itself. But there is always joy in the journey. Um, what is the current global trend that as a professional you would advise people to ignore? So I think that like we as a society, be, and I'm not going to blame social media because, you know, I'm a sound like an old person. I'm not an old person. But I think that we tend to jump from trend to trend without establishing any level of like expertise or any level of like a track record of excellence in a specific area. I think in the books that I've read and the podcasts that I listen to and the successful people who I know, most people build a foundation that is successful already and try to build off of that. Um, and I think what our society has come to now is like throwing a bunch of things against the wall and hoping that they stick. And so that's a trend that career-wise, I would like caution people to really think to think about strategically how that works for you. Because I think once you've established something, it takes a while to establish a thing. It takes a while to establish an, a reputation in that thing, in that field, in that company. And so focusing on that and building on that first, as opposed to trying to be the jack of all trades at the beginning, um, I think is something that I would think that people should consider. Um, what book have you read that has had the biggest impact on your career so i would say before i used to say the success principles and i still stand by that i love that book it's um it's tangible it's actionable it's easy to digest it's literally it can be career changing but i would say the most recent book that i've read that has done wonders for my career again going back to sales is influence um, influence is about how the psychology of how people think and how you can influence their behaviors and their decisions. Um, read it last, I think, October or November, and it has literally changed the way that I think about my business, the way that I think about my career, the ways that I think about how I relate to people. Hands down, it would be influence. Um, what tools or strategies do you have um, to maintain your productivity. So I will say like, this is a new habit of mine, but I'm gonna stand by it anyway. So I started drinking matcha lattes in the morning and yesterday I didn't have one. I have to say I was not as productive as I have been today. Um, but I also think that one of the things that I've been trying to instill as a habit is having themed days. So having days where I focus on specific things so I don't feel so fragmented all the time. Um, so I have administrative days where I'm like doing a bunch of emails for work and all of that stuff. I have my meeting days where I try to schedule all of our client meetings, um, my team meetings, my executive team meetings. And then I have, you know, creative days where we're ideating and brainstorming and, and figuring out like where we wanna go in terms of programming for next year. Um, my team at the sky we meet three times a week and so trying to have some structure around those days so that um they're update days but if there are things that we need to talk about create creatively um or you know process wise that we have allocated time to do that um but definitely trying to have themes around days so like for example tuesdays are creative days for me and so i'm recording a podcast on a tuesday i take all of my podcast interviews on tuesdays and just having everything have its place i think has helped um helped a ton um what is your greatness your greatest weakness 
Um, so I would say I have quite a few weaknesses. Um, but I think one of them is that I, um, I get overwhelmed and then I just crash, right? So as opposed to managing my life and my calendar in a way that I don't hit the place where I'm completely overwhelmed, I will say yes to a bunch of things. And by the time it's time to do them, like I don't want to do them. And I look at my calendar and I'm so overwhelmed that I, um, I kind of paralyze myself. And I think another weakness, and I was actually talking to my friend Kim um, about this yesterday, and I don't know if it's because I'm a Leo or whatever the case may be, but I tend to have really lofty goals that are not necessarily grounded in data sometimes as it pertains to me. And so when I don't hit those goals, um, I get very down on myself. And I think one of the questions is about a disappointment that I've had, and I'll talk about that. I talked about it with Kim yesterday. Um, but yeah, I think I tend to, and I mean, I guess it's a gift and a curse, but I tend to shoot really high. I, I think I talked about how last year, first year of the summit, and my vision for the summit was typically what most companies are able to pull off in like year five. And because we didn't hit that, I was so disappointed in myself. I thought the event was a failure and the feedback did not support that. The, the experience that we had didn't support that, but because I didn't hit this arbitrary goal that I put in my head, uh, I was very disappointed. But the flip side of that is because the goals are so lofty, I think we're able to execute beyond what um, people expect, right? So we were able to pull off in year one what people would not would have expected in maybe like a year three. Um, so that's something that I'm trying to manage right now. Um, how do you handle disappointments in your career? Well, sometimes I just get sad, right? Like, so the last couple of weeks, I've been dealing with some pretty, like, private disappointments. And they're not disappointments that are grounded in anything real. And on an intellectual level, I understand that, right? Like, um, but I've been feeling, like, kind of sad. I've set some goals for I choose a ladder. Um, and I just don't feel like I'm hitting them. And so my friend Kim, so Kim is an entrepreneur, boss entrepreneur. She is um, one of the founders of Curl Mix, which is a natural hair uh, line that has been around. I think she's in her fifth year of full-time entrepreneurship. And, you know, I was telling her, I was like, you know, I set the goals for the planner around what I wanted to, you know, have it do. And, you know, granted we're doing well, we're just not hitting the numbers that I want to hit. And so she talked me through what her first pre-sale on her, um, her first product was. Um, and, in relation to that, I'm like, I'm on par. And I think talking to somebody or talking to other people who have some perspective and some context has helped when I've had, um, you know, career disappointments. So like, you know, if I didn't get a deal for the sky that I thought I was going to get, or if I didn't sell as much for a program that I thought I could sell, like a lot of times it's just getting really sad. Um, you know, I get down for a couple of days and like I, I mope around a little bit. Um, I may buy myself something here or there, but I think what I, what has helped me get out of those slumps is having a tribe of people who I can talk to, who can give me some perspective that's outside of just my um, me being in my own head and what I think because I'm me, I should be able to accomplish. Um, what's your favorite part of your job? So I'll give you both sides. So for working with the sky, I think being able to create programs that then have an impact on the lives of 
our partners on the businesses of our partners has been a dream you know the sky is relatively is a relatively young organization so there's still a lot of creativity that is allowed to happen um we are a smaller organization and so we are able to be really flexible in the types of programming and the types of platforms that we put together and so that has been a joy and i would say the second joy from the sky is just the people right sky fans are amazing are the own the ownership team of the sky is amazing the people that i work with every day are amazing and like our sponsorship relationships are not traditional right and so the people who decide to spend money with the sky understand and buy into like what the larger goal is as it pertains to women's professional sports and so just the types of conversations and the caliber of people that i get to work with on a regular basis is phenomenal like i can i could not ask for anything more um, and then for I Choose a Ladder, I think it's hearing how people's, how black women's careers are moving and changing because of the work that we're doing. I think getting feedback on, after our negotiations class, um, we got a, a, a note from somebody who said that they increased their salary by $40,000. I think it was like thirty dollars or $40,000 just by using tactics that they learned in that you know hour and a half class right so feeling like people are starting to feel empowered in their careers we're giving them a different perspective and a lens through which they can look at their careers their career progressions and what they think is possible and just getting to work with dope black women man like some of the women that we get to work with um have accomplished things that still blow my mind all of the women that we work with are accomplished in their own right and so i just think that opening the eyes of the next generation of black women leaders to the current generation of black corporate leaders um is i mean it's a blessing i was doing it for free before and i will continue to do it and it's it's been great um i'm 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 fortunate that i get to create and build a community um of like-minded women who are really going to be um the ones who continued the work and moving forward um so i'll answer two more questions let's see what has been more valuable in your career your education or your experience huh that is an interesting question so i will say that my education opened the door for my experiences um i think having an, ex an education it, especially if you want to be in the corporate space is important right i cannot state that enough right that is the price of entry if you are looking at senior levels of leadership within the corporate space it's part of the reason why i got my mba it's not because like there were things that i, I thought that uh, an mba would give me now but for me it was a i don't want to get to a place where i want to be the ceo of something or i'm in negotiation talks and because i don't have an mba that is what it like discredits me um and so education really does matter but i feel like your experiences your unique experiences within your career are what help shape the kind of leader that you become the relationships that you have and so i would say your education allows you to have the experiences or have allowed me to have the experiences the very rich career experiences that i've come to value um and then the last question it's i'm going to answer one about hobbies because you guys know that i've been trying to figure out hobbies for a really long time and so i think i have a couple so the first one i've officially become a plant mom i just bought my eighth plant 
they are all alive and I've had I got my first plant in September of last year and y'all know before I couldn't keep anything alive and so plants and like watering my plants and all that has been um it's been a hobby that I've uh, I've taken up um and I also bike riding so I got um a bike as a gift this summer and so I've been you know riding I don't do like group rides and things like that but I've been riding along the lake. It's starting to get a little bit colder now, so I don't know like how long that will last. But I did get a Peloton, and it's not here yet. Obviously, it's on back order. Um, I don't know why I said obviously because if you don't, if you're not part of the Peloton world, it's not obvious to you that it's on back order. But the Peloton has been on back order um, for a while. It should be delivered in the next like three weeks or so. Um, so I'm really excited about that. But usually I would say traveling, but you know, Corona's a hater. So I've been, um, have not traveled since my trip to Aruba in March. Um, but I would say those are new hobbies that I've developed since um, the last podcast. Um, there are literally like 25 more questions, but I feel like for this episode, this is enough. Um, we'll probably do a part two of this. I'll try to do this maybe like once every couple of months, once a quarter. Um, but as always, if you want to keep the conversation going, you can connect with me at I Choose the Ladder on Instagram or at Choose the Ladder podcast on Facebook. And until next time, thank you for listening.